Good evening. Welcome to Bethlehem Lutheran Church, where God has called and gathered us here this day to receive his gifts through his word and his sacrament. The Old Testament reading for Holy Thursday is from Exodus chapter 12. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons. According to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lentil of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night roasted on the fire. With unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted, its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. As a statute forever, you shall keep it as a feast. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, the, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined, so that we may not be condemned along with the world. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 13th chapter. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, 
to depart out of this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash, except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I, then your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that you also should do just as I have done to you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today is Maundy Thursday. This is the day when we celebrate the evening before our Lord is crucified. Maundy comes from the word mandate, which is just a fancier word for command. However, it's a bit of an unfortunate name that sort of just caught on. Depending on how you feel like interpreting it, the command that the day gets its name from is either the command to love each other or the command to continue celebrating the Lord's Supper. Of course, those things aren't mutually exclusive either. But the reason that it's an unfortunate name is because while the commands are there, there is a great deal more that Jesus did that night than just give us commands. Jesus, in fact, didn't just give us those commands, and while we can't cover the entirety of what he said and did in one service that evening, we can recognize just how deeply Jesus loved his disciples, and even us, based on what he did. Our gospel for this evening is, somewhat surprisingly, not about the Lord's Supper. Instead, it is the story of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. The story of Jesus serving his disciples. However, this does all take place during the Supper. And that can't be forgotten. But Jesus, of course, knew 
what was going to happen. And he wanted to leave his disciples with something that would sustain them through the next few days. Days that were undoubtedly some of the hardest that they would ever have to endure. And so he washed their feet. As you all likely know, washing the feet of the guests was pretty much the worst job in the entire household. It was given to the lowest of the servants or those who were being punished or reprimanded for something. And yet, here's Jesus, the Son of God himself, and the disciples' master, lowering himself down to that position. Peter, naturally, can't allow this. It's almost as if Peter has appointed himself as the person who reminds Jesus what he's supposed to do and what he's not supposed to do in order to maintain his high station. Jesus, naturally, reprimands Peter for this and explains a bit about what he's doing. Peter then, of course, jumps in the entire other direction and instead now wants Jesus to bathe all of him. Which Jesus, of course, also doesn't do. Because that's not what Peter needed. But you know, as much as the text clearly focuses on Jesus' and Peter's conversation, there is another aspect I find fascinating about this evening. And that aspect is that Judas hadn't yet left the upper room. In fact, Jesus makes clear at the end of our reading that Judas was definitely still there and therefore would have had his own feet washed by our Lord. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine washing the feet of the man who you knew was going to betray you and end up getting you crucified? A man who quite likely was already possessed by the devil himself. And yet, Jesus did that. He washed the feet of the man who was going to betray him. But of course, the truth of the matter is that all of the disciples were going to betray him in one way or another. Even Peter, that very night, was going to deny Jesus three times. And all of his disciples were going to scatter when the guards came to arrest Jesus. And yet, Jesus washed every single one of their feet. And of course, every single one of us has also betrayed Jesus. Every single one of us are just as bad as the disciples were. We betray our Lord every single time that we go against his word, every time that we go seeking after another God, every time that we think we know better than God does. Every time that we fail to show the love that Jesus himself showed us, we 
betray Jesus. Thankfully, Jesus did indeed show his love to us as well. He may not have come to you and physically washed your feet, but he did come to you through the water and word and gave you that bath that he was telling Peter about. And every time that you come here to hear the word of God, to hear about how Jesus loved you, and every time you open up the Bible and hear the same thing there, he comes to you yet again and washes your feet. And just as he gave his disciples this last supper in order to sustain them through the coming trials, he gave us his supper in order to sustain us in our trials and tribulations, in order to give us the forgiveness that we need so desperately and to come to us continuously and consistently to show us that insane love that he has for us. Then he gives you the privilege of being able to serve each other in a similar way as to how he served us. You are able, and in fact, God has commanded you to reach out to your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and to serve them. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to go around washing each other's feet, and it also doesn't mean that you can get out of sharing Jesus' love with the unbeliever, But here, in our reading for tonight, this is about serving each other. And that means being there for each other. It means praying for each other and helping each other out with whatever struggles come your way. It means forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. It means preaching the word to each other in order to strengthen each other's faith in your Lord and Savior. But it doesn't mean dying on a cross for them. It doesn't mean creating their faith for them. That is divine service. That is what God does. Tonight, We celebrate when Jesus gave his disciples divine service. And when he instituted the sacrament, which is the reason why we call our worship divine service. Because here, in this place, is the word of God and the sacraments of God. And it is in those things that God has promised to come and serve us. Tonight, you heard of how Jesus comes to serve his people, all his people, even people like Judas and Peter and even us, who have and will betray him, about how he gave us an example of how to serve each other, but also instituted for us the sacrament to sustain us in this world. Tomorrow, evening, you will hear 
of how Jesus earned the gifts that he brings to you in his divine service. You will hear of the war that he waged against the devil, against the world, and against sin. You will hear of how he won you for all of eternity. You will hear of the crucifixion and of the death of our Lord. Now may the peace which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.